Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the I Talk Credit Radio Show with your host, Ira Royal, using financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. Join us every Thursday evening, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Network. To be a guest or for more information, go to italkcredit.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome to the I Talk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. I appreciate you joining us today, where our mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate you to take control of your financial lifestyle. This is show number two. I'm excited. We got a really good show lined up for you today. We have Miss Jessica Washington from the um, Operation Hope. She's over the Youth Empowerment Division. She's going to talk to us about the importance of educating the youth at a young age. And we have Mr. Kim Carpenter on. He's going to join the show today. He's going to talk to us about small business preparation. Last but not least, we're going to have Quincy and Jeff from Credit Concepts. They're going to join us today to talk about personal consumer credit restoration. So, again, we have a great show. We're going to do new edition all day today because of the, the mini series that's on. Um, again, the purpose of this show is really to educate. It's to empower. It's to make sure that Consumers have the tools and the education that they need to make good financial decisions. This show is about you. So sit back, relax, and after this short break, we're going to bring in Kim Carpenter. We're going to start off with, with small business um, um, credit talk. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show. Again, this is Ira Royal. 
Um, so what we're going to do right now, we're just going to bring Mr. Kim Carpenter. He's joining the show today, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about small business credit prep. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. Tyra, how are you doing? Good. How's everything I'm going? Doing I'm doing good. I appreciate you joining us today. Um, you know, one no thing I have to say about you, when I reached out, you were so eager to just jump in and be involved and, and help us educate our, our audience on small business credit prep. You come with a wealth of knowledge and information and experience. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, the yeah, floor is yours. It. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while. Great. Exactly. So, well, you know, just it's all you. Okay. Well, the reason why I want to is to talk about small business credit and how you can build business credit. Um, like the other guest you have on, I started uh, six years ago doing credit repair, but a lot of the co- clients that came in were small business owners who had hurt their personal credit during the uh, big economic downturn that we had. Um, so they needed money for their business. So, so we came up with uh, a plan and, a, and a, a process where we can build a business credit on their EIN, their employer identification number. So if they were an LLC or a uh, corporation, they could separate their personal credit from their business credit. So even though they had they had challenged personal credit, they could still build, you know, thousands of dollars of business credit on the corporation's EIN because it's it's treated as a separate entity, right? Um, right. So we've helped them. We help them um, get. Through a six-month program, they actually get to a point where they have fifty to fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in credit card availability on the corporation without the personal guarantee. So let's let take a look at a couple of the, a couple of the uh, positives of it of business credit. All right, business credit, seeing there's no personal guarantee on it, there's no personal credit check either. And so we all know that when on the personal side, the personal credit side, if you have a, an inquiry done, it hurts your credit score. So if you're going for small business credit and, and things like that, you could get five, six credit pulls a, a year just trying to get credit. Well, if your personal information isn't on the credit application, they do not pull a personal credit report, so it helps you in that way. All right. And also, there's, there's no personal guarantee. See, a lot of these business owners were LLCs, limited liability corporations, and you ask them, well, why did you why did you build why did you start with as an LLC? You know, why did you go into the protection of the LLC? And he says, well, we wanted to protect against, you know, anything going wrong with the company, and it, it could shelter us a little bit from any kind of any kind of, of problems. And I say to him, well, why are you guaranteeing the debt of the company? And number two, why are you using your personal credit cards uh, to grow the business? And as we all know, many of the small business owners out there use their personal credit cards uh, to fund their business and to start them up. Well, by doing that, they're exposing their personal credit to bad credit because one of the one of the pre, one of the determining factors of a personal credit score is how much credit card debt you're carrying as opposed to how much your limit is. And most of these small business owners were tapped out, all right? They'd be, they'd, be, um, they'd be overextended or they'd be maxed out on their credit cards, and that hurts their personal credit score. So what we do is that by going through our process, we're able to build credit cards that are on the corporation, 
all right, on the EIN number, and it, so they can they can pay off their personal cards, their scores or their personal scores will go up, but they can put the majority of the debt on the corporation. Um, and if you build a nice picture, there's there's um, you know, as as with personal credit, there's three credit agencies out there. There's also three credit agencies for business credit, and that's D&B, Experian, and uh, Equifax. And they all have business credit divisions. Um, so if you build a nice picture, which you can do with business credit on those on those um, agencies, you can it can lead to a lot of other kind of credit too. I mean, you can lease vehicles. On the corporation without having to personally guarantee it, um, so it's a good way to put a line of demarcation between your personal credit and your business credit. So we've been doing that now for about four years, and uh, I'm glad to glad to say that there's a lot of small business owners out there that we've helped uh, protect their personal assets by not having to uh, use their personal credit uh, to build their business. Oh wow. You know, that's valuable information, man. You know, you know, Kim, some business owners out here, um, you know, they start their business, they have dreams dreams and aspirations about growing their business. They don't know where to start. Right. Um, some of them don't know how to plan between or, or differentiate between the personal mm-hmm. and the business and what that means for the overall health of their organization. Like, so if you're looking at a, a, a terrible personal credit score, you know, you, you need to have some insight into – hey, look, the banks or traditional means of credit leaning are going to look at that. That's a reflection of your behavior in your personal life, and that does trickle in exactly. to um, your business. You know? So a lot of people don't think that that happens. Um, talk to us exactly. a little bit about, you know, as a business owner, what you can be doing to prepare yourself before you start making you know, the millions of dollars that every business owner wants to make. What can you be doing you know, on a fundamental level to prepare yourself to get business credit in the future? What can you do? Okay, well, the, 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 nice, the nice part about building business credit is the fact that you can do it as a brand-new business. So you can start building business credit um, immediately when you, as soon as you get your bank account and you get your EIN number. So this is a process that even if you're brand new to the business, you can build business credit in six months, and you can get like $50,000 in credit card availability. But then again, it also helps you with other areas because let's say you're a contractor and you're trying to buy product to, to fulfill a job, right? Well, by building business credit and by having a nice profile with the business credit agencies, there's chances are that you can start getting vendor credit from your, from your vendors without having to personally guarantee that either. So if you're a contractor out there and you need 20 grand in materials to, to take care of this job, you know, chances are the vendor is going to cut you some slack if they can pull a nice D&B report or an experiment report or an Equifax report, and they're going to allow you to get terms on that product. So by getting terms on it, now you can grow your business even more. And that, if you think about vendor credit, vendor credit is actually free money, all right, because they're, they, they're willing to give you terms on those, on those supplies that you need to fulfill the job, and in essence, that's that's cash flow. That's that's extending credit, and uh, that's allowing you to build your business with really free money because they don't charge you interest on on the on the invoices. So you can get 30-day terms, 45-day terms, 60-day terms. Um, just a little bit about my background. I used to own a large copier dealership up there, and vendor credit was very very important to us. 
where we, we used to be able to bring in uh, truckloads of copiers and put them all on 60, 90-day terms, 120-day terms, and it was a way that we could bring the product in and then sell through and then pay the bill. Um, so that's, that's, and that, that's something that small business owners really have to start looking at. Look at vendor credit. Uh, you know, you can get vendor credit with places like Home Depot, um, Walmart. Uh, you can even get Lowe's, Staples. So you can get all this kind of credit if you, if you built your business credit profile on the credit agencies properly and they pull, they pull the reports from the business credit agencies. All of a sudden you're getting all this credit being, being thrown at you right, without having to personally guarantee it. So it's huge. It's huge to be, for anybody. Even if, even if you just start your business tomorrow, um, you can start building business credit. And I, I want to give, I want to give your listeners something out there. All right, I put together an ebook. It's a 121-page ebook on business credit and how to build this whole process that we go through. Um, so if they want to download it for free, they can go to the thebusinesscreditebook.com. That's thebusinesscreditebook.com, and they can download they can download the uh, the book. Um, and they can use that, and they can use the processes in there um, to build business credit and really put that line of demarcation between their personal credit and their business credit. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing. You know, that information that you just provided right there was stuff that business owners look for. Like, they want to know, how do I get started? You know, what do I do step-by-step? Step? What are the resources that are available to me so I can make smart decisions? So all the listeners listening, right. um, oh, get that ebook. Because you first have to invest in yourself, right? You have to get that knowledge, get that education, um, the commitment to really setting yourself up for success. And that's on you. Nobody's going to give that to you. Use the resources that you have at your disposal and plan. Have a plan of action, um, you know, a plan for success, a plan for failure. Always make sure that you have something to look at and something to reach forward to, to drive to. So, hey, Kim, thank Absolutely. you so much. Um, you no know, problem. You're going to be on the show, um, you know, if not um, every week, every other week, just giving information and instructions to the business owners out there who say, hey, look, I have a dream, I have an aspiration, where do I go from here? In, in, in terms of planning, in terms of expanding um, business credit, um, um, business plans. So I really appreciate you joining the show and, and being an asset and a resource to all the listeners. Any any time, Ira, you're doing a great job, let, let, you know, helping small business owners prepare for uh, either building a business or growing their businesses. So uh, hats off to you. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you. You got it. That was Mr. Take Kim care. Carpenter. No problem. That was Mr. Kim Carpenter, and um, again with Valley Credit Builders, he's an amazing, amazing resource. I thank him for coming in and talking to the listeners. Now we're going to transition from business to more personal. Of course, Mr. Carpenter talked about the, you know, the necessity of having your personal credit um, right and, and having your, your credit score in a way that a bank will look at you and say, hey, you've been making smart decisions on the personal side. Maybe we will take a chance with you on the business side. Aside from you know, vendor um, agreements or going to Staples and Lowe's and getting those type of, of credit lines. So we're going to bring on Quincy now, president of Credit Concepts, um, you know, Quincy, it's not enough I can say about him. He is leading edge in the way of just educating people on credit literacy. He opened up a credit education center in the Bronx, New York. Um, he'll be on every show just giving you 
something, some type of knowledge, some type of wisdom on what to do to improve your credit score and to really educate yourself. Um, so, Quincy, welcome to the show. And, again, you know, you, I appreciate you coming on here and being an impactful um, resource to everybody that's listening. So, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you joining the show. My pleasure. My pleasure, Ira. So tell us what you what you've been up to, man. I know you got a lot going on in New York. You know, you opened the credit center and you're you're meeting with, you know, um people in the state department up there. You're doing a lot of work in the prison systems and the colleges. What's going on with credit concepts? What do you have for the, the listeners today? Well, again, you know, just what you said, you know, we're continuing on our path to educate the consumers. You know, having this center here is very important where people can just physically walk in and get that on-site information. You know, we deal with clients that come into the center every day that have never even viewed or looked at their credit report. So it's just a, a pleasure to provide, you know, local community members with that accessible reach to uh, an industry that it's, you know, kind of, you know, in in the air. So being able to, you know, physically come to us and, and have all their credit questions answered, uh, it's, it's just such a blessing to be able to provide that access and education here. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Now, do you see people, like, they have a, a yearning or a want to be educated, or they just don't even know where to start? They don't even look at credit as something that's important. What are you seeing? Well, the most of what we're seeing is just a lack of education. You know, this credit industry is very intimidating. So, number one, most people don't know the right platforms to even start to view their credit reports. You know, there are a lot of credit monitoring sites that are out there that, um, you know, that don't provide that real source of accurate information. So the first thing that we do is just make sure that they point it into the right direction to understand where and how to read their credit reports. And then we get into some of the personal, you know, issues that they're having to help resolve or just give them informative information, you know, once they see what's on their report, once they understand what's on their report. And then it's about trying to help them resolve whatever issue that they're having. So I would say, you know, to answer your question, the biggest issue that we're seeing is just not understanding the the impact that their accounts that they have on their credit reports is having, you know, on their personal credit scores and their overall financial structure. Gotcha, and that's, I mean, that's important, and I think that's something that, you know, needs to be taught at a young age, and it really needs to be embedded in our curriculum when we're growing up, just the awareness aspect of credit. Hey, this is important. And I feel like, Quincy, a lot of times, you know, we don't understand the sense of urgency of, of the importance of credit until we're told no. You know, until we're sitting across from somebody in a suit and they're saying, no, you can't have this because of your credit score. And we're like, well, I knew it was important, but I didn't know it was this important. Um, so, you know, I, what you're doing is amazing and it's great. So I appreciate it. No, no, it's my pleasure. And, and, and you're right. You know, again, credit is something that sometimes until it's really needed, then they don't take that proactive approach. Um, and, you know, and then an, another thing, once, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions on credit is that whenever they have an account that it's resolved where it was in the bad standings and they paid it, you know, the assumption is, oh, I paid off this debt 
it's going to improve my credit rating or it's going to improve my score or it's not going to show up on my credit at all. Um, that I have to say that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing. You know, People come in and they feel like, oh, I resolved this issue five years ago, two years ago, last year. Why is it still impacting my credit? Um, so we, it's very important that your listeners understand that paying off a debt doesn't mean that it improves your credit score. What it does mean is that you have a zero balance. But once that damage is done, you have to take a proactive approach into making sure you're reaching out to these credit bureaus to resolve or update that information that has previously been updated. You know, these most credit bureaus are not going to take it upon themselves to make sure that your credit is updated properly. So it's always important that you at least view it, especially for these accounts that you know that you resolved by making payments or settling them out. You got to make sure not only you keep that documentation, you know, proof is in your documentation. So make sure that you keep your receipts, you keep your proof of payments, because if that information is not updated accordingly on your report, you need that ammunition to make sure that you're able to prove that, hey, this account was paid, you still have it listed as a collection or, or charge off or write-off when I, in fact, paid it. Keep that documentation, send it in, and they will make sure that they update it. Or you can always come to us for assistance uh, to make sure that we provide the credit bills with that updated information to make sure that it's reported accurately. Makes sense. What you're talking about is engagement. You know, you, you actually have to be engaged when it comes to this thing called financial literacy, credit literacy, or making smart decisions. It's the behavior. It's the why. In it. And it's, you know, on a, I would say even on a quarterly basis, you know, you need to be pulling that score. Some people even do it on a monthly basis, but you need to be actively involved in your credit report, knowing what's on your credit report because, you know, studies have shown, you know, up to 20% of information on your credit report at any given time can be um, inaccurate, and you would never know that unless you're engaged in pulling your report and going through it with a fine-tooth comb, old-school style. I know people used to print their credit report out and go through it with a highlighter, you know, make sure things don't work correct. I mean, I know credit concepts you built or you, you know, had the capabilities to port that information into a, a portal so you can see exactly what's harming your, your credit score at this time. So talk to us a little bit, you know, about the portal and a little bit about how we can or how the listeners can contact you if they need have questions or need help. Great. Um, you know, and those statistics are accurate. You know, most people don't know how to understand or read a credit report it's you know almost 70 percent you know they get these they get these credit reports and sometimes they might as well be in Chinese because it literally is very difficult to understand you know so what we do is we help simplify that so the moment that you sign up with us for free you know we offer what's called the free credit evaluation where we kind of simplify and break down that credit report put it into an easy to view format and literally show you what's damaging your account or what your credit report for all three major credit bureaus. And that process is at no cost. So you can simply go to creditconcepts.com. That's www.k-r-e-d-i-t-k-o-n-c-e-p-t-s.com, credit concepts with two Ks, and sign up for free. You can even implement or sign up for Credit Karma, and we can also give your Credit Karma account an assessment to make sure that you fully understand what's damaging. You'll be able to see all of the accounts that are damaging, even your inquiries from each credit bureau, where you stand credit-wise, and then what are the things that you can do to be proactive to help resolve those issues. Now, although sites like Credit Karma are free, you may not get the most accurate credit score, but what Credit Karma and these free sites do provide is accurate information as far as what's on your report. 
So, you know, I highly recommend, you know, when something is free, there really is no excuse. So go ahead and sign up for Credit Karma. Open up a free account. Go to creditconcepts.com. Hit the Sign Up for Free button. Add your Credit Karma login information and let us build you this real intense, easy-to-understand format that will simplify and break down your credit report for all of the listeners who are having just a little bit hard time understanding and dissecting exactly what needs to be done to put them on the path to recovery. Great, great. Quincy, as always, thank you, sir, for, for joining the um, the show and just giving us a wealth of information. Um, thanks for giving us a, a pathway to get assistance, and thank you for your fight against um, credit ignorance. So we appreciate everything that you're doing, and I know you're on the show weekly just to give us that knowledge, and, you know, we're always just blown away by what you're doing in the community and, you know, your continued perseverance and just making sure people are educated, and that's what we really need. So you're a pioneer, and I appreciate you, brother. No, I appreciate you for putting together a platform like this. You know, kudos to you, man. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to talk to Ms. Jessica Washington from Operation Hope. She's just going to bless us with more knowledge, more information, and um, we're going to continue with the show. Thank you for listening. This is I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio. Welcome back to the show. This is I Talk Credit with Ira Royal. 
and we're going to welcome Ms. Jessica Washington to the show right now. Let me tell you a little bit about um, Ms. Washington. First of all, she, she might be the most passionate and energetic person I've ever met when it comes to the youth, when it comes to teaching them about financial literacy and making sure they're prepared at a young age to step into a world where finances and money matter. Um, you know, I met her a, a year or so ago through Operation Hope, and I went to one of her tra- training sessions, and it completely opened my eyes and just changed my whole perspective about one Operation Hope and about, you know, people are really dedicated to making sure the youth are educated. I mean, we hear this from, you know, organizations. That's part of their mission statement. You know, they say that in press releases. But this, Miss Washington is really, really serious about it. Um, you know, in 2015, she educated over 8,000 students on financial literacy on topics dealing with banking, on topics about credit, um, investments, and she's already reached about 5,000 this year. She's the program manager for the Atlanta market for the Youth Empowerment Division Operation Hope. Um, you know, when she was 13, she launched a peer mediation club, and that really began her road to service and volunteerism. So, Ms. Jessica, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for everything that you're doing in the community. And um, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you, Ira, for even allowing me the opportunity to come on and, and speak about what we're doing in Atlanta and around the globe. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's great work. You know, I mean, just looking at, you know, some of your accomplishments and our conversations that we've had, you know, for, I guess my first question for you, Jessica, is what inspired you to even start doing this? Like, where, where does your passion come from? <laughs> Definitely. Well, I started um, before before Operation Hope. Um, I had my own business for about ten years, and I found myself. I, I, it was a t-shirt business, but I found myself counseling um, entrepreneurs, small business owners. Um, they would come by to get t-shirts, and they would end up. They would leave with a real digital logo that they could use, a business card. Um, I would help them write business plans and help them figure out ways of getting capital funding. Um, so I was doing a lot of mentoring, even though I was really just the T-shirt lady. Um, and then I got uh, an opportunity to to serve as a business role model with youth entrepreneurs with Operation Hope um, I was introduced to Hope through my sons who were interning, and they turned around and kind of referred me to Operation Hope and said, Mom, you need to come and and do some work with Operation Hope. We're we're learning a lot about it, and you need to be a part of it. So um, through a childhood friend and through my kids, um, everything just kind of really fell together. And after becoming a business role model and really working directly one-on-one with a couple of youth entrepreneurs, I realized that this was really what my true calling was. And so I sold my business and I gave everything to, uh, you know, came aboard and, and gave all my time and efforts to Operation Hope. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, just looking at some of the numbers of people that you've impacted in a couple of years alone is impressive. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Youth Empowerment Division program. What exactly do you do when you go into these schools, and what are you teaching, and, um, you know, how is it impacting their life? Sure. So basically, in a nutshell, we offer two programs to our youth. We work with students in grades 4 through 12. Um, I work in the state of Georgia, and then we've got other program managers around the country that work with students there in their area. Um, but here at, in, in Atlanta, what we're doing is we teach the fundamentals of financial literacy, which is our curriculum called Banking on Our Future. 
that's where we introduce the language of money to students that, well, don't really know, understand the language. They've never gotten the memo, as Chairman Bryant says. So we are teaching them the basic introduction to how does a budget work, what's the difference between wants and needs, um, and even taking it a step further by allowing them a little bit of exposure possibly into their parents' budget and what are the things that their parents are trying to pay for and deal with and how they can play a role in helping their, their, their family's finances grow. Then we introduce concepts like banking, the benefits of banking. I like to tell my volunteers we end up doing a lot of myth-busting because a lot of kids come to school with a lot of bank baggage where all they know is what they hear their parents say on the phone when they're, you know, cursing at the banker or whatever. Um, so we get to do a lot of myth-busting, talk about the benefits of a bank account, and then we talk about the fundamentals of credit. Um, and even to a fourth grader, we're introducing the fundamentals of credit because we all know credit starts with, you know, your credit worthiness and your self-respect and dignity and things like that, and that's what really helps build um, bigger character, better character for their adult credit habits. So um, we also introduce uh, basic concepts about saving and investing, paying yourself first, making your money work for you, even a $5 allowance. Uh, just really using um, basic fundamentals and basic life skills to kind of switch their switch their thinking and switch the way they think about money. Rather than using money as a tool or, or using money and being a consumer, we teach them how to be producers. Um, speaking of which, our other programs, so we've got Banking on Our Future, Financial Literacy, Introducing the Language of Money. We also have our second program, which is Hope Business in a Box Academy. And that is basically our youth entrepreneurship program. Now, that program is not for everybody. As you can imagine, um, every kid that I, could, that I meet on the street needs financial literacy training. Every kid needs to understand the language of money. But not every kid is ready to own their own business. And not every kid even cares to be an entrepreneur. So we um, really uh, select the groups of students that we want to work with with Hope Business in a Box. Typically, um, you know, it'll be a small, a much smaller group from each school that we work with, and we go through a curriculum and teach them what it takes to be a, an entrepreneur. What does an entrepreneur look like? How to create a business idea, a business concept. Most importantly, how to pitch that idea and <laughs> deliver the message so that you can get people to invest in you and support your con your your business. Um, so once we teach the curriculum, we go in, we actually give the students an opportunity to pitch their business idea in front of a panel of judges from the community, business owners, um, government leaders, uh, people from um, the, the banking, the banking uh, industry. We have people come out and listen to their actual pitches. So you can imagine like a, a, a shark tank for kids. Um, once the kids okay. go through that program, they're actually we're, we actually connect them with business role models, youth, uh, adult entrepreneurs in their community that come in and mentor them, help them write a business plan, and um, and then ultimately they are um, they can receive a grant of up to five hundred dollars to actually launch their business. So it's a full program. It's it's a mouthful and <laughs> and it takes a lot of work to get it all done. But those are the services that we um, offer our youth here. And you are the person to do it. You have a lot of energy to, to do things like this. So, look, <laughs> that's a good thing. I, I got a question for you, though. So, you know, when I was growing up, my father was, you know, he was born in, like, 1936, so a fairly older man. But he grew up, and he had the mentality, like, we don't talk to you about finances because that's old, you know, that's adult issues that, as a kid, 
you don't you're not supposed to deal with or even be knowledgeable about. Do you see that kind of changing now? You know, with the younger generation and they're being more open about their finances and um, you know how to manage money, how to budget, kind of telling them about their mistakes. I think that's very important because if we shield kids and don't talk to them, then only thing they're going to know is, hey, I'm thrust into this thing called money, and I'm just learning by my mistakes. And I don't think that needs to happen. So do you think it's still like that, or is it changing a little bit? I definitely think it's changing. That's a good question, too. I, from the discussion that I have with students, and, and I've been – today I was at an elementary school in Decatur at 8 o'clock this morning, and then this, this afternoon I was at a high school, and then I came to Douglasville, and I was at a middle school. So I worked with kids in every grade level today. It was just a crazy day. But um, out of all the kids that I worked with, I realized that their their vocabulary is changing. They are being exposed to some of what's going on in their household as far as money goes. The only problem is there's not a lot of learning. It's just a lot of venting. So you'll have you'll have um, students asking me um, the, what, to explain bankruptcy, you know, or they know words like foreclosure, or they know words like insufficient funds, or they know they they know all the negative. Um, wow. They know they they know a lot of negative. From, from finance, and so which tells me, and this is just my kind of assumption, but through observation of you know like you like you announced, so almost nine thousand kids hearing is that parents are sharing their frustration, but I don't know that there's a lot of learning or a lot of prevention. So I don't think that there's a lot of discussion like this is ha- this is here's the problem that we're having in our house right now. You know we're facing foreclosure. This is why. And this is my plan to help us get out of this problem. I, I don't see any of that. I don't see any kind of structured learning, which is why banking on our future and hope is in the box are so, so necessary. So Yeah, that's I what mean, I if you're only learning the negatives, it's scary, right? I mean, you're, taking, you're telling them, you're hearing, hey, the NSF fees and we're losing everything. You're not learning the importance of cre- of, of money and how it can actually be beneficial to your life. It's like you're building up a fear of it. So want to say, hey, I stay away from it. That's not my thing. I don't want to get into it. And that's never a good thing. I mean, you, that means you're not really engaged. You're not learning about it. You're just kind of hiding from it. And we know money and credit and just financial um, aptitude in general is something that you can't hide from in this, in this day and age. At all. At all. And it also right. turns the students from being – like I was saying, like I had mentioned earlier, we want to we want to shift them from being consumers to being producers, and that you know a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of young people they see that their parents are struggling because their parents may need a lot of money, maybe for rent or mortgage or a car that got repossessed. Well, these kids don't make that kind of money, so because they don't mm-hmm. make seven hundred or nine hundred dollars, they can't help mom and dad. All they have is ten well, I might as well just go to movies or buy candy. So there's nothing that I can really do that will really help. Or not, my little money is not going to help my family at all. And so we're not doing it. There's no community. There's no collaboration. There's no um, legacy of building or anything like that. So even in a parent's struggle, there still needs to be a lesson learned in that. There still needs and, – and I'm teaching the kids, even fourth graders, that when they learn about money and the the reason why they need to focus and listen to the volunteers that are teaching them day in, day out when we come into their classroom, 
is that they have the opportunity to make a huge impact in their own family's budget and change whatever current situation is going on in their home. They actually have some control, and they can actually change what's going on. So I'm trying to come from the from the back end and <laughs> teach the kids so they can basically yeah. go home and say, Mom, Dad, I learned financial literacy today. Let's sit down and talk about the budget because I kind of have an idea now what we're working with. You know? and I'm hoping that's kind of changing the dialogue. Yeah, that's amazing. And for the parents listening, when your kids come to you and they want to have those discussions, do not dismiss them. Do not say, hey, that's none of your business, stay out of grown folks' business. Sit down and talk to them. I'm not saying you got to go through and show them everything that's going on, you know, in your wallet or with your credit, but teach them so they won't make some of the same mistakes that you did. That's very important to me. I don't want my kids to make some of the crazy or toxic financial mistakes that I did. And if it's, if it's wisdom or just showing them some of the mistakes that I did do to say, hey, look, daddy did this, but he learned from it, and you don't have to go through this, then I have to do that. I, I feel like that's my responsibility as a, an adult and as a parent, and not just to my kids, but to any of the youth coming up. Um, I guess Definitely. my last question for you, Jessica, is why don't you, in your opinion, why don't you think that fund- financial literacy is in the core curriculum in our education system. I think it's – I don't understand why something so important, whether it be finances, I mean banking um, or credit, is not something that you get exposed to on a consistent basis K-12. through I don't understand. Now, what's your opinion on that? So that's definitely going to be the next phase of my life. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot, but I really need to figure out um, what kind of policy changes need to be made I agree, and teachers want to know why. Um, parents want to know why it's not taught, and and I haven't yet figured out the the why because as, um, if I think too hard about it, I, I get pretty frustrated because I feel like um, not to not to be you know yelling conspiracy theory or anything like that, but I, I honestly do think that there is some type of um, you know there's a there's a bureaucratic uh, you know. I don't want to get too political right now, but I, that's what I think it is. I, I think that they're giving us, they, they teach our kids, you know, the system is set up to give them the basic knowledge to go get a job and work for somebody. We don't really teach entrepreneurship either. That's not encouraged, even though, you know, what is it, 90% of our uh, government, our, our economy is small businesses. <laughs> so, But you would think that we would teach entrepreneurs and business and business education way earlier in life, or finance, so that we could have a stronger economy. But I think it's almost like we're, we're set to just be mediocre. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole idea. And in all honesty, that's kind of similar to the, the, some of the, um, the discussion that brought Operation Hope about in, the, um, in our uh, chairman and founder's book, um, how the poor can save capitalism. You know, realizing that we may be we may be taught and raised to be consumers, and we're taught not to really understand finance, and and we're not really taught how to fix our credit or to even start where to even start or how to build credit. Um, and because of that, we end up in this rat race. We end up in this in this um, middle class for so long, or or sometimes not even middle class just impoverished for so long. And I think that it, it starts with that basic education. So, yeah, I'll definitely be diving into that. Hopefully next time you talk to me, I'll be um, I'll have some more information <laughs> on some, uh, All right. know, some of the struggles. All right. Well, it's going to be soon. Can, will, will you come back to the show soon, please? Of course. 
Definitely. Let's I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for just sharing your knowledge and your expertise and what you're doing in the community. Operation Hope, if you don't know about Operation Hope, please Google them, www.operationhope.org. Um, they're, you know, pushing the Civil Rights Act, and not, well, not Act, but the Civil Rights Agenda, um, and they're doing a lot. I mean, they are really at the, you know, leading the way for educating our youth. And if you have some kids, or you know, get them involved in the programs that um, Jessica was talking about. It, it's not going to do anything but strengthen their knowledge and get them ready for this world where finances, credit, banking, those things matter. And, you know, some of the decisions that you make at a young age really impact you. So we're going to, again, thank you, Jessica, for um, coming on the show. I appreciate it. We're going to take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do the death to the score segment, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, um, you know, you are watching or listening to the Cat Builder Radio Show. I appreciate you for, for tuning in, and I'll see you in a second. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. very nice. This is for the $100 bill of heat. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, for my butter pink and rinking, I can't be it. Them and 
I'm going to say it. I think the way you keep a group of people down, and I'm not talking about black, I'm not talking about white, I'm talking about just people in general, is to keep them ignorant in terms of lack of education, to keep them in debt, always owing somebody. They're always putting out, putting out, putting out, and it's always more than it's coming back in. They're always having that stress of, I have to work this nine to five. I have to do these things to make sure that my head is above water and keep them in fear. Um, I think that's something that, you know, governments or the one percenters, whatever you want to call them, do to maintain control. So I most definitely think that this is a strategic plan by the powers to be, quote, unquote, to, you know, keep control over civilization or just people in general, debt, ignorance, and fear. Um, and I feel like if you want to be self-aware or woke, as we're calling it right now, then you really have to learn how to break those chains, learn about your credit, learn about how you can make smart um, financial decisions so you're not always putting out more money than it's coming in, so you're actually investing. Jessica touched on one thing and just blew my mind, legacy. We don't talk about legacy. We don't talk about, hey, because it, it will happen when you're gone, what are you going to leave behind? Not in just terms of money, but in terms of what are people going to say about you? You know, we, legacy is very, very, very important. Education. There are tools, there are resources out here, and it's all up to you. Are you serious? And I'm talking to myself right now. It's very easy to jump on, you know, this show and, and say that you should do this or you should do that. But I'm not perfect. Nobody who got on this show today is perfect. We all make mistakes. But I believe the thing is to be aware and learn from your mistakes and always, always seek education, seek knowledge. Talk to people who know more than you so they can open your eyes to things that you aren't even, you're not even thinking about, um, you know, and fear. You know, that's one thing that really sometimes stops me, even with starting this show, fearing that, you know, will people listen, will people be receptive, you know, will people want to, you know, support the show. You can't be fearful if you have to take your passion and take your purpose and do what God has called you to do. And at the end of the day, he'll take care of everything else. Um, so what I want to leave you with today is value. I believe when we're talking about finances, when we're talking about credit, when we're talking about money, we always talk in the concept of what we want. We want this car. We want this house. We want these new pair of shoes. We want that new purse. But what do we value? What, what, do, what matters, what really, really matters the most? I believe if we focus on the value, we can change the conversation. When you're talking about that house, what are you really talking about? Are you talking about security? Do you want to be closer to your family? You know, when you're talking about you want a million dollars, are you talking about you know, savings for emergency purposes? What is it that we value people? Because if we're going through life and we're only talking about what we want, we'll always find ourselves with a whole bunch of want, but not a lot of, of, of value, not a lot of things that really hold substance. So I really want to have the conversation and really challenge the listeners to take a moment, stop writing down what you want, write down what you value, what means the most to you, you know, what brings you joy, what brings you peace. And that's something very different from what brings you happiness. Happiness is an emotion, and that can change over time. You can be, you know, be very happy one moment and stomp your toe, and you can be sad. But what brings you peace and what brings you joy? Let's let that lead our lives. Let's make decisions off of joy, peace, and value whether than, other than what we want. So, you know, that's the show for today. Um, I appreciate you joining in. I appreciate you listening and supporting what we're doing. Uh, and so, you know, every, every Thursday, we're going to be right here, 7 p.m., 
And, you know, we're going to be bringing to you information on small businesses. We're going to be bringing you information about um, personal credit restoration. We're going to be bringing you information about how you can teach your kids to make smarter financial decisions. Next week, we're going to have a lot of guests that's going to be in the mortgage industry. We're going to tell you what's happening with this whole thing about FHA, um, you know, what's happening about rate increases that might happen in the future, how can you prepare for that, what you need to do right now if you want to think about owning a home in the future. Um, the whole purpose of the show was for the people is to be proactive, is to really set yourself up for success. So if you know anybody that has any type of information, I welcome them to come to the show and to just spread that knowledge because um, at the end of the day, it's about you. It's about um, it's about you growing. It's about you getting the education that you need to not just for you but to share with other people. If we gain all this knowledge and we just hoard it and we don't talk about it, then the only people who are going to suffer really are going to be our kids, the youth. Because as we say all the time, the whole cold world type of analogy, the kids need to be prepared. And if we have the tools, whether it's from success or failure, it's our job to teach them. So, again, thank you so much for joining the show. I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate everybody who joins on a weekly basis and supports us. Uh, so we'll see you next Thursday right here. I talk credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show. You have a wonderful week, and God bless. Girls enjoy, she don't play around, she's like to the point. My girls like to.